0: Well, good evening, good evening, good evening, good evening, and welcome, welcome, welcome to Kingdom Encounter Live. Welcome to Ignite Depot. My name's Pastor Milton Jones. I'm the lead pastor here at Ignite Depot, AKA ID3. This is the day which the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and let us be exceedingly glad. Come on, say it with me. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice. And let us be exceedingly glad, not just a little glad, not just a tiny bit glad, but we're going to be exceedingly glad because we already know we can speak the name of Jesus over every enemy, over every darkness, over every sickness and over disease. And guess what? It has to flee in the name of Jesus Glory be to God. I don't know about you, but I'm already fired up, ready to be picked up if necessary. Glory be to God. This is the day he's made. This is your day of new beginnings. This is your day of a fresh start. This is the day of, of overflow of the love of God. Overflow of the presence of God. Overflow of the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding in Jesus name. Well, again, my name is Pastor Milton Jones. I'm the lead pastor here At Ignite Depot, I want to thank you for joining us tonight. Man, I know you're ready for a right-now word, so we're not even going to mess around. We're going to jump right in to our declaration in accordance to Isaiah 61 and 1, which says this, that the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captive, to open up the prison to them that are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, and to comfort all who mourn, he says to appoint it to them that mourn in Zion to give unto them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy, for mourning the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called the trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified and they shall build the old waste and they shall. Shall raise up the former desolations, and they shall repair the waste cities, the desolations of many generations. Father, to you alone, we give you all the glory, the honor, and praise that is due your name. Father, this is the day which you've made. We will rejoice and be exceedingly glad. Father, I was glad when they said unto us, Let us go into the house of the Lord. Father, I thank you that your word will go forth today. Burdens will be removed, yokes will be destroyed, minds will be renewed, that wash that fear doubt, unbelief, right out of their head in the name of Jesus, that, that they may be washed by the washing of the word of God in the name of Jesus. Father, I declare in the name of Jesus that our preaching and teaching would not be with enticing words of man's wisdom, but it will be in demonstration of spirit and power that the faith of the people will not lie in the wisdom of men, but in the faith and power of the most high God. Father God, I decrease that you may increase all of you and none of me. Let my tongue be the pen of a ready writer, writing the very oracles of your words upon the tablets of their hearts. Father, I covenant with you in advance for miracles, signs, wonders, manifestations of the gifts of the Holy Spirit as you see fit. And it's in your son Christ Jesus' name we pray. Let us all say amen. Amen means so be it. Man again, my name is Pastor Milton Jones, if you're just joining us, my name is Pastor Milton Jones, I'm the lead pastor here at Ignite Depot, and I want to thank you for taking your time out to join us tonight. Man, we're going to jump right into the Word of God in the name of Jesus. Now, if I was to give this message a title, the title of this message would be, The Greatest Trick You'd Ever solve, Part 7. I know, Part 7, right? Uh, a Brand New World. A Brand New World. World, man, if you see if you're online and you can see the uh the background behind you're going to see a spot, it's a memorial. And see, all the way back in September the 11th, 2001, in the United States of America, something had happened which had never happened before, and it it shook not only the United States, but it shook the entire world. Man, if you was if you was around on that time, you can recall back what happened on that day on on, on uh, September eleventh, two thousand and one. Two planes ran. One ran into one uh, one of the World Trade Centers, and. The first time when it happened, the first plane hit, people thought maybe the plane just got off, got off mark. And, and maybe the pilot, you know, for some reason he got down too low. But then the second plane hit. When the second plane hit, people realized something was going on. But still, people didn't know exactly what was going on. And at that moment, the the, the people in the United States was was so stunned. Everybody was... Bur- was almost paralyzed. They were stunned at what it is that they saw. Because in the lifetime of the United States, they had never seen anything like that. And man, I remember waking up. I, ju- I remember where I was at. I had just got off work. I came home, and man, the news was on. And, and, a, and a friend of mine was like, hey, you know, the, a plane just ran into the World Trade Center. You know, the first plane, it just ran into the World Trade Center. So. I jump up out the bed. I'm going in. I'm looking at the TV. And just when I got there, the second plane hit, hit the building, and the second building. And when the second plane hit, man, everybody was just stunned and startled. And the first thing that happened was fear beginning to grip the people because they did not know what happened. And minutes later, the first building came tumbling down. And when that building start come tumbling down, man, terror and fear, and anxiety, and concern happened, and then when the second building came down, and then you found out there was other planes that hit the Pentagon, which is an equivalent in in Canada is the Department of Defense in in the States, it's called the Pentagon, and a second plane hit outside the Pentagon, and now you realize this is not your typical day, this is not a typical moment, this is a moment that the nation is under attack. And then there was a fourth plane that was supposed to hit uh, another mark, but pa- some passengers on the plane overtook the terrorists and everything and caused the plane to crash. But at that moment, everything in the United States came to a screeching halt. There was no trains that was moving. There was no planes flying in the sky. There was no buses that was going. Everything came to a screeching halt and the country was in a state of of panic and in a state of emergency. And I can remember because when it happened and everything, people didn't know how to explain it. people did had, because they didn't know how to explain it because they' had never seen anything quite like that. And after all was said and done, the thousands of people who lost their life on that day, and the thousands of uh, of first responders who who, uh, responded to it. And there was members of the first responders who lost their life on that day because when most people was running out of the building, first responders was running into the building. When most people were running away from the terror, first responders was running into the terror. Why am I telling you all that? Because today, if you go to where those two buildings used to be, you will see what's known as a memorial. And it's a memorial. And on that memorial is all the names of the people who lost their life on that day. And why am I sharing this with you? Because before all this happened, when people thought about the New York, this uh, New York or the city of, or the state of New York are coming into the, to New York, they seen the Statue of Liberty. And when it was coming over, when they seen that Statue of Liberty, they knew they was closer and closer to a new beginning and a fresh start. They was coming to come into a brand new world, something they had never seen, never experienced, never known before. All they had heard about it was based off of pictures they saw on TV and and things that they saw on social media and all these things. But now they're only minutes away from this brand new world. But when they, when They got there and they realized that, you know, when you go down to the world where the World Trade Center is and you see the memorial, just like any place you've ever else gone for, for every good, there can also be opportunities of chaos and calamity. But I want to share something with you. I was I was meditating with the father just before we came on on uh, came and he said this. He says, Part of your responsibility is to represent me to man. And I'm going to do, I'm, I'm going to share some stuff with you because when you think about the terror that happened, when you think about the, the fear that happened, when you t- think about all the, uh, the oppressions and stuff that happened, you were, if you go by what most people would say, you will say God is in control and it was God who was behind the terror, it was God behind the oppression. it was God behind the fear. But that could not be any further from the truth. See if you would turn with me, if you will, over to Isaiah 54 and start into verse uh uh 13. Well, oh, verse uh, well, I'm gonna start at verse 13, but I got verse 14 now. It says this: it says this, it says, uh, all your children shall be taught by the Lord and great shall be the peace of your children. So God has said, all your people shall be taught of the Lord, and what shall be with those children? Great shall be the peace of your children. Verse 14 says this, in righteousness or in right standing or or, or in rightness, you shall be established. And he goes on to say, he says, you shall be far from oppression, for you shall not fear. And from terror, and it shall not come near you. So God is saying this, He says, Your children, you will be taught of the Lord, and grace shall be your peace. And he goes on and says, It says, In righteousness shall you be established in right relationship and in right standing with God, and in rightness shall you be established. And he says, And you shall be far from oppression, for you shall not. Fear, he says, and from terror, for it shall not even come near. And he says, because you're taught of the Lord, because you're established in righteousness. He says, you should you will be far away from oppression. He says, and you will be far, and you shall not fear. And he says, and and from terror, for it shall not even come near you. It shall not even come near you. God, what are you talking about? He says this in verse 15. He says, indeed, fear oppression and terror shall assemble. They may try to come together, but listen to this part, but not because of me. He says fear may try to come, oppression might try to come, terror might try to come. He says, but not because of me. He says, who, God goes on to say this, whoever assembles against you shall fall for your sake. In other words, when fear tries to come against you, when oppression tries to come against you, when terror ca- tries to come against you, he says, they might try to come, he said, but it's not by me. And when they try to come against you, he says, guess what's going to happen? He says, they shall fall for your Sake. Now, somebody will say, but what about Paul? Remember, didn't God use Satan to, to try to, to try to teach Paul a lesson? Well, let's let's look over at that. Turn with me, if you will, over to 2 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse number seven, and let's read it. God is not Paul had uh, uh some uh issues coming against him, but it, it didn't come from God. How do you know? Well, let's read it. Second Corinthians chapter 12, verse number seven. And this is Paul saying, he says, and lest I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of revelation. So Paul was getting all these revelations about the about the uh, about faith, he's he got all these revelations about grace. He got all these revelations about God. He got all these revelations about Jesus. And it's not like the adversary is just gonna sit back with his with his arms folded and just let you let him get all that word. Why was he not gonna let him just sit back and get all that word? Because when he got all that word, what's the first thing he gonna go, he gonna do? He gonna go tell somebody. No different than you or me when we hear something good from God or we hear something good from a message. What's the first thing we are gonna do? We are gonna run tell somebody or just like when you find your favorite restaurant and you are your favorite, uh, uh, Micah core bag, or you find your favorite purse or you find your favorite, uh, uh, Dress or suit, or whatever case may be, when you find something that you really, really like and you think it's going to be a benefit to somebody else, the first thing you're going to do is go tell somebody. And getting revelation from God is no different. When you get a revelation from God, what's the first thing you want to do? You want to go tell somebody so they can be set free, just like you got set free. Now, that's the this is what Paul was talking about. He says, Because he said, unless I be exalted or puffed up. He said, he says, above measure, the uh, because of the abundance of revelation, because of the abundance of revelation, I'm getting from God. a thorn in the flesh was given to me. Did it say God gave it to him? Nope, let's find out who gave it to him. A thorn in the flesh was given to me. Who gave the thorn of flesh? It was a messenger of Satan, and what did he do? He was there to buffet him. What does buffet mean? Keep coming against him. Keep coming against his thoughts. He may he might be trying to come against him in his thoughts. He might have people coming against him. He might have he might have situation or circumstances coming up against him to try to do what to try to keep keep get him so distracted by all the things that are going on around him that he is no longer getting all the revelation he was getting before. And he says the whole reason why he says I was getting all this revelation. So it for, what the adversary did he get I got he got a thorn in the flesh, and the thorn in the flesh was a was a a messenger, or the or, or, uh, uh, demonic spirit that was coming up against me, whether the, in my thought life or being uh, influencing other people to come against me to say all the kind of things against me, he says, lest I be exalted above marriage So he's telling you when I was getting on this revelation, this is the adversary start coming up against me, and when he started coming up against me, then it was it was one of his little. His little uh, goons who was trying to come up against me and he was trying to influence people to come up against me. And he says, and the whole thing was was about was to try to get stop me from being exalted to a, a position of influence. See, the more revelation Paul got, the more he was uh, sharing this revelation, the more influence he had with the people, the more people he could affect and the adversary. The moment you start growing up, the moment you start getting growing up in the world, the the word, the moment you start looking like you're advancing towards the things of God, the moment you start, you know, smelling yourself a little bit and if and man, you, you're beginning to get some roots under you, the adversary is going to come and try to steal that word from you. He's going to try. He's going to try to bring tribulation against you. He's going to try to bring circumstances. going get against you. He's going to try to bring persecution where people are coming against you. He's he doesn't care anything about you. The one thing he does care about is the word that you got in your mouth that if you speak it to enough people, you can get them set free just like you got set free. Do y'all see that? All right. But you said, but my friend told me, but Pookie and Ray Ray told me that God uses evil and God uses trouble and and bad situations to try to teach you something. Well, I will tell you, let Pookie, Ray Ray, Queen and Boo Boo and all them listen to the message last week where we was talking about how God doesn't use evil to test you. In fact, it says this in James chapter one, verse 13, it says this, it says, let no one say no one, not even you, not even your favorite TV preacher, nobody else who tells you, let no one tell you when when you are tempted, you were tempted, tested, or tried by God. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. So God himself does not is not tempted by evil. God does not use evil to tempt anybody. So if somebody's telling you that I got this situation because God is trying to tell me something, teach me something, then you need to go back and tell them they need to read their Bible because that simply is not true. So fear, oppression, and terror does not come from God. God does not use the devil to try to teach you a lesson, or he does not use the devil to try to to try to get you to, to, because see, if Paul would have got puffed up in pride and Satan would have came along, pride comes from the adversary. So what do you think the adversary would do? Adversary would get Paul even more pumped up in pride. And why would he get him pumped up in pride? Because he knows that God gives grace to the humble, but he resists the proud. So when you begin to think that God is the one tempting you with evil, when God is the one putting oppression and fear and terror against you, and you begin to to buy into that lie, you are being, can I say it? You are being deceived. And James chapter one, verse 16 says, my dear beloved brothers, don't be deceived. What does deceive mean? Don't be led away in error. That's error. God is not behind the chaos. God is not behind the calamity. So when I when 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 we start, when we started, uh, I remember on 9-11, I was praying and I was praying to God. I'm like, Lord, what's up? What's going on? And everything. And he says, that is not me. He said, this is not an attack on the uh on the, the world's trade center. He said it's an attack against against the, the kingdom. He says you need to begin to pray. And he said it's attack on the body of Christ. It's attack because the United States is one of the is by far the, the one nation that sends out the most amount of pastors, prophets, evangelists, uh, teachers and apostles and missionaries to other places around the world to teach them about Jesus to teach them about how you by grace are you saved through faith to teach you about how Jesus gave his life on the cross, that you might have life in abundance to the full till it overflows. So if he can get you get the United States to be at a standstill, he believes he can stop the gospel. Guess what happened? revival broke out man churches were packed and but you know what the church missed a great opportunity to evangelize to them because they was not prepared when the people came but not not up in this house if something happens here guess what we ready for you we ready to give you the word that's why we give you the word every single word we never take the word of a preacher unless he can show it to you in the word and after he can show it to you in the word let hey Go back and read it for yourself so make sure you it's in proper context. So you don't take the text. You don't take the uh, if you take the the, uh, the text out of the con, you just have a con. If you take it out of context, it's just the con. You need to make sure you read the word for yourself now. Why did I share all that? Because God says my people are being destroyed for lack of knowledge. He says it's not the fact that, the in according to Hosea 4 and 6, he said it's not the fact that the knowledge is not available to them. He says it's just those who are supposed to be sharing the knowledge are not sharing the knowledge because they rejected the knowledge, and because they're rejecting the knowledge, the people end up falling into more and more and more sin, but I'm gonna tell you right now, not at Night Depot, we will teach you the word line upon line, precept upon precept. You will know the word of God. You will know what the word says, how to apply it to your life, and then you gotta make a decision what you are gonna do with what you just heard. It is that simple. Now, I wanna tell you something else. When you see this memorial every 9-11, every year since 2001 on uh, September 11th, because of this memorial, People have come and people have lit candles and people have had moments of uh, silent meditation and people have done all kinds of things to remember that day. In fact, they said, lest we forget can I tell you something? I want to re- I want you to have a memorial too. I want you to have a memorial the day that you told the adversary, I am through with you. We have had our last date. You are evicted out of this house. You are evicted out of my life. You are evicted out of my situation and circumstances. You can't have me. You can't have my family. You can't have nothing. that is concerning me. The, mo- the more-, more you're going to have is this is your day one. And what you're saying, I'm stepping into a brand new, World. In fact, I can tell you, March 13th, tomorrow, March the 13th is my Memorial Day, is the day I got born again. It's my born again day, March the 13th. And on that born again day, I remember the fact how I was once in darkness, but God brought me into the light. I was I was lost, but then I was found. I was blind. I could not see. I did not know which way to go, but God made had made a way. And the way he did it was so, so, uh, so. I would have never expected him to do it this way. I wasn't even at church. I wasn't even listening. There was no organ behind me. There was nobody preaching to me. It was just me and the Lord on a shipping dock. I was at work and I had some situations going on in my life. And he he said something so simple. He says, I have a way out for you. I didn't know it was the Lord at the time. He says, I have a way out for you, but it's going to take a decision on your part. That's all he said. I said, okay. That's all I remember saying. Okay. And then when he says, when I said, okay, and I accepted his way out, man, my life was forever changed. And see, that's what I want to talk to you about tonight. Tonight, I want to talk to you about how when you get born again, when you receive Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, a lot of things happen. And I want to talk to you about that tonight. When you get born again, it says in, 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 in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, it says this. It says, it says, therefore, I'm reading out a new King James Version. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new see when you get born again when you receive jesus as your personal Lord and savior you're not just some old person you're not where he did a renovation on you and everything was the same he just changed a couple things no when you get born again when you surrender your life to the lord jesus christ you become a brand new creation something that has never existed before he says Old things, all those those that that old nature, that old sin nature, it has passed away. Behold, all things have become new. What's become new? Your spirit, man. You had the nature of sin in your spirit, but when you got born again, you that old nature, of sin came out, and God's new nature of righteousness. Remember, in righteousness shall you be established. You shall be established in righteousness. In fact. Jesus bore it all just for you and me. Jesus bore it all. Second Corinthians 5:21 says this: For he who he made him to who knew no sin to be sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Now you're not going to become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus in the sweet by and by when we all get to heaven. What a day of rejoicing that's going to be! No, 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 no. You're gonna. You're the righteousness of God if you have received Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. You are the righteousness of God right now. I know. It, I just shot Elsie the religious cow. Elsie the religious cow says, "No, you're not going to be righteous till you die." No, the word of God says the moment you receive Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, it says because you made him your Lord and Savior, because you accepted what Jesus did for you on the cross, because you have, you have become a new creation in Christ Jesus and all things have passed away and all things have become new. He says the moment you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, he says he made you the righteousness of God. In Christ Jesus. What does the word righteousness mean? I know a lot of times people say that and they say you're righteous. They be like, mm, like something smells funny in the room. He says, when you become the righteousness of God, he says, this is what it means. Righteousness means you are now in right position or alignment with law and authority. He says, He says, You're in proper relationship with God. He says you're obedient to the standards and regulations and laws of a nation. So when you say I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, what you're saying is I'm in right relationship. I'm in right position. I am in right. St- I am submitted to and to the I'm in a um I'm in proper relationship with God. He says, so I'm going to be obedient to his standards, his regulations, and his laws. So when I say I'm the righteousness of God, what I'm saying is I'm in right relationship with him. I'm blameless, or I'm justified. I've been justified by God. I have been made blameless. Before God, how did I become blameless? It's it told you, it says, Jesus, who knew no sin, became sin that we might become the righteousness of God in him. So you're the righteousness of God in Jesus. Not because of you earned it, not because it says back in Isaiah, it says, uh, our our own righteousness as a filthy rag. When you try to work out your own righteousness. You as a filthy rags, no matter how many good things you think you do, you still ha- would have the, uh, the, the nature of sin in you, so you still would not be in right relationship with God. You still would not be in right position with God apart from Jesus. You have to be in Jesus in order to receive what he has. And what does he have? He's made you the righteousness of God. He's put you back in right position with God. He's put you back in in right relationship with him. He's put you back to a position where you're blameless and and God is not holding any sin against you. Can I tell you something though? When you become a citizen of a new country, you are no longer under the laws of the country you came from. When you are in, uh, uh, when you become a citizen of a new country or a new nation, you are no longer under the laws of the country you came from. I know when I came here uh, uh, years ago, even when I came, even though it was a short crossover bridge, the laws, the the standards, the way that they, people did things was totally different. Even though I was only one bridge away, but I crossed from one nation and to another nation. And see, what I want you to understand is, when you got born again, you was brought into a brand new world. See, it says in Colossians chapter one verse thirteen, it says how how he talking about the Lord has delivered us from the power or all the authority or the rulership or dominion of darkness which satan used to op, who operates and he has conveyed us or he has transitioned us into the kingdom of his dear son the kingdom of his love the kingdom of god so when you got born again you was transitioned from one kingdom one world into to a one you've never been in before. You was transitioned from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of God. Now, the thing about a kingdom is a kingdom is, a, is the sovereign rulership and governing influence of a king or a monarch over his territory or his domain, impacting it with his will, his intent, and his purpose. See, when you were born again, you was transitioned from the Kingdom of darkness, where Satan was impacting it, the territory, or even your life with his will. His intent, and his purpose. But when you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, and when you became a brand new creation, and when you became the righteousness of God, and now you're back in right relationship, and now you're back in right position, now you have been transitioned to a whole new kingdom, which is the kingdom of God, which is being impacted by God's will, God's intent, and God's purpose. Y'all see that? Now, just like in any any other nation, if you came to say you went to the United States, but you were not a citizen of the United States, and you start trying to work there, or you start trying to do all these things that was only supposed are only benefits allowed to the citizen, but you as a visitor start trying to operate according to them, you will be operating against the law. But can I tell you something else? If you came from Mexico and came into the United States trying to still operate according to Mexican laws in the United States, you also would be considered a criminal. Why? Because you're trying to use... The, the laws of Mexico in a whole different country. Can I tell you something that happens a lot of times with people in the in the body of Christ, when they get born again, they're still trying to operate according to old kin- kingdom of darkness principles, even though they're in the kingdom of God and they're wondering why they're not getting the results that God's word says they're supposed to get. He says this, he says, there are people in the kingdom, in the kingdom of God, who are criminals because they haven't redeemed their minds to the laws of the kingdom of God. When you're still trying to operate according to those old laws as a citizen of the kingdom of God, that is, that's is—that's against the law. That's, that, that's, that's criminal behavior in any other country. If you went to any other country and tried to use laws from another nation, in the nation that you that you was going to, they will cons- that is co- considered a criminal offense. He says, "There's no nothing any different in the kingdom of God. When you get born again, now that you're in right relationship, now that you're far from oppression, now that you're far from terror, now that you're far from fear, now that you're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, now that you are a new creation in Christ Jesus, now that that you are a citizen of the kingdom of God, you're in right relationship with God." in right position with God, and you're no longer under the dominion and authority of the adversary, but you are a citizen citizen of the kingdom of God, you have an obligation to renew your mind by the word of God. Why? Because the old world's way of doing things has no boundaries over you. See, you're an overcomer. In accordance to uh, uh, 1 John 5, uh, it says that you are, not that you're going to be in the sweet by and by, you are an overcomer. It says this, it says, for whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, our faith. Who is he who overcomes the world? But he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. So he says, if you are born again, if you are born of God, you have already overcome this world. What, what are you talking about? World? We're not talking about the, the, the uh universe, he's talking about you have already overcome this world's orderly arrangements, it's customs. Is manner of men, is practice of life, is carnal state of corruption. He says, if you are in Christ, if you are born again, you have already overcome the the state of corruption. You have already overcome this world's way of this 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 uh, kingdom of darkness way of doing things. Because the kingdom of darkness has uh, has an orderly arrangement. It has customs. It has manners of men. It has its own system that goes polar opposite. To God, he also goes on to say this in First in, in John chapter four, verse four. He says, "You are of God, little children, and you have overcome them. Overcome who? Overcome those in the world, because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. Who's on the inside of you?" The Holy Spirit is on the inside of you. Who are you in? You are a member of the body of Christ. You are a part of Jesus' body. So whatever Jesus had, you got. Glory be to God. Whatever he has, you have. He had the word, you had the word. He had the Holy Spirit, you have the Holy Spirit. He gets revelation, you get revelation. He has anointing, you are anointed. You did not get a knockoff from what it is that Jesus had. You got everything that Jesus has. It also says this in Romans chapter eight, verse 37. It says this, yet, he says, yet in all these things, we are more than conqueror through him who loved us. You're more than a conqueror. You're an overcomer. And it says this in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 57 says this, 1 Corinthians 15, verse 57 says, but thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. You have already overcome the world. You have already overcome every situation and circumstance that that could ever come up against you. You are already victorious. You're already an overcomer because if you are in Christ, if you are born of God, you've already overcome the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Who is the overcomer who overcomes the world? But he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. How do you overcome this world system? How do you overcome I'm victorious? You got to renew your mind. Your mind has to be renewed by the word of God on how to operate according to the kingdom of God. Romans chapter 12, verse 2 says this. Don't be conformed to this. World, don't be conformed to this current age. Don't be conformed to this world's uh, orderly systems and manner of doing things and, and superficial uh, customs. Don't be fashioned or don't order your life according to it. Don't don't be uh, don't lie, try to uh, make your life like it. He says, but be transformed or be changed by the total renewing of your mind, so you can prove once and for all. What is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God? God has a good, acceptable, and perfect will for your life. I'm going to give you this last scripture, and this is what I'm going to stop. God says, don't even try to be friends with the world. Don't try to be friends with this world. He says, don't even try to be friends with the world. He says, adulterers and adulteresses, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God. Whoever therefore wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. He says that word friendship means whoever wants to have fondness of this world's way of doing things, fondness of the systems of this world, fondness of the way of the kingdom of darkness. If you want to limit yourself or continue to operate according to this world's way of doing things, he says you put yourself at odds with God, even though as a member of the body of Christ, you are, are, are supposed to be in right relationship, in right position with God, established in righteousness. He says what happens is the, the word adulterous here means apostate, which means one who has forsaken the church or sect, or profession to which they uh, uh, they adhere to, they have become a traitor. So he says, traitors! Do you not know that fondness with this world's, this current world system, it puts you at enmity, or puts you at odds with God. Whoever therefore wants to be a friend or have fondness of this world system makes himself an enemy of God. Why? Because the world system goes polar opposite to what the kingdom of God says. We started this whole thing off talking about the memorial. Is today going to be the... Is this going to be your memorial? The day that you make a decision to turn from the world? The day that you make a decision to turn from darkness to the light? To turn from sin to righteousness—is this gonna be your day? Like I said, my my born again day is March the 13th, and I remember it every year. And every year, I just give I give God glory for it every day. But I give Him praise that on this day, March the 13th, I came out of darkness into the light. I came from the I was transitioned from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of His uh, of God into the kingdom of His His dear Son. But it took I, but I even then I did not know about the kingdom of God. I grew up. I, I knew that I was born again, but I, I was I knew of God, but I did not know God. And I used to think those other things that God was the one who was behind the oppression, that God was behind the fear, that God was behind the terror. But when I got born again for real, for real, I realized God was not behind that at all. And I realized that it was the adversary who was behind a lot of that stuff. And then a lot of that stuff just comes from the twisted thinking of men. Men can have twi- men and women can have twisted ways of thinking and do crazy things to put themselves in positions for things to happen that should never have happened. But guess what? You can turn it around right now. You can give your life to the Lord Jesus Christ right now and your life will be brand new. How do you go about doing that? Well, in accordance to Romans chapter 10, verses 8, 9 and 10, it says this. It says the word of God is near you. It's in your heart. It's in your mouth. That's the word of faith which we preach that if you will confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you shall be saved. But with the heart, man, believes unto righteousness. Righteousness is what? Right standing, right position with God. But with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. So how do you go about doing it, man? You pray this prayer with me right now. Confess it out of your mouth and mean it from your heart. Say this with me. Dear Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I do believe Jesus Christ. He is the Son of God. I believe he died for me on the cross, and carried my sins for me. I believe he was put in the grave, but he's alive right now. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Save me now. I receive your offer of forgiveness. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer for the very first time, we want to welcome you into the kingdom of God, welcome you back into right position, welcome you back into right relationship with God. Now, what do you do? What did we start off with? You have to be taught of God and, and have the peace of God and be established in righteousness. How do you do that? You do that, according, like it says in Romans chapter twelve, verse two, by not being conformed to this world, by having your but being transformed by the total renewing of your mind by the word of God, according to the kingdom of God, so that you can prove for yourself what is that good acceptable, and perfect will of God. You got to get in a word-based church that teaches you about the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus Christ, but also teaches you about the kingdom of God and the love of God. We know that Ignite Depot is such a place, so we'd love to have you join us here each week at at um, 6 p.m. No, as each week at 5 p.m. Uh, to join us here each week, Saturday, each week at 5 p.m., where you can hear the word of God go forth, line upon line, precept of Pun precept, And show you how to apply it to your everyday life. Or you can catch us uh, on Sundays at 9.30 a.m. We will broadcast at 9.30 on Sundays where you'll be able to hear the word again and you'll be able to apply it again take what you hear, write it down, study it for yourself, and then go back and make a plan on how you're going to apply it to your everyday life to get God's results. Remember, you don't want to be an outlaw trying to operate according to the kingdom of God, even though you are a citizen of the kingdom of heaven or kingdom of God. It doesn't work that way. You won't get the results that you're looking for. But when you renew your mind by the word of God, you will begin to get God's results in Jesus' name, now on behalf of the entire Ignite Nation, Pastor Julian and myself, we want to thank you for joining us tonight. And remember this: when you get come and get born again, you are no longer the old person. You are a new creation, this is one who's never been before. All things are made new. You are in right standing with God if you are in Christ Jesus. God bless you. We'll see you next time. Bye bye.